Tone. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome to the first episode of Pass It On Podcasts. We thought some introductions might be in order. So my name is Connie Fleming. I am 21 and I have just bought my first house. Um, So I'm interested to see the challenges that face me as a modern day house owner. But obviously I can't do this on my own. So I have my colleague and good friend here, Chris. Yeah, I'm not 21. I'm I'm 39 and I'm not uh, a woman. I promise I'm a man. Uh, I've got documentation to prove it. And we thought that the tips that we're going to talk about in this podcast would help both Connie and I be better at running our households and they would help us sort of understand the world that had gone before us and maybe through that understand the world that we're in today. But it's worth saying, Connie, that neither you nor I are we are the uh, stars of this podcast. The stars of this podcast, apart, of course, from the leaders of the Sunday Post and the Sunday Post itself, is Mr. Steve Finnan. Steve. Thank you very much for that, Chris. Um I've never been a star of anything in my life. However, my name is Steve Finnan. I am a journalist of almost 40 years standing. I've worked on the Sunday Post. And (laughs) sitting. Mostly sitting. Man and boy. And I have uh, a great regard for the Sunday Post. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Sunday Post, whether you like it or not. The Sunday Post is the world's greatest newspaper. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. The Sunday Post is in the Guinness Book of World Records for saturation coverage in Scotland. At one point, at the zenith of its existence, the Sunday Post was read by 85% of all the adults age over 16 in Scotland. And those are circulation figures that nobody can match. Not the Times of London, not the Washington Post, not even Pravda in Soviet Russia <laughs> could, men- could match those figures. The Sunday Post was the organ of truth in Scotland. If you were in the Sunday Post, something printed in the Sunday Post, if you had something said about you in the Sunday Post, then a golden light shone upon you because this was the the best that you could possibly be. So it's a newspaper that is synonymous with Scotland. It is, uh, it is as Scottish as Marbrun's Tartan Shawl and Mince and Ties. And it is a wonderful newspaper. I commend it to you. I have the greatest of respect for it. Now, an old editor of mine once told me that a good journalist has to read his own newspaper and I took him at his word. So I went and read my own newspaper every single week from front to back, back to front. I read everything, but I took it further than that. I've also made myself the world's foremost expert on old Sunday posts of the past. Sunday posts have been going since 1914. And there is not one of those Sunday posts that I have not stuck my nose into. I am... Very, very conversant in what happened in Sunday posts of the past. I'm an expert. It's lovely. We're so fortunate at DC Thompson to have access to these archives going yeah. back hundreds yes. of years. So we, for example, still publish the Scots Magazine, which uh, has mm. in it first-hand accounts from the Battle of Culloden. It has, you know, it's th- drawn since like the 1800s, 1700. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And the, the archives here in Dundee, up on the Kingsway, are astonishing. There's two yeah. big rooms, mm-hmm. one of which has... They are the aircraft hangar size. Oh, they're absolutely... It's it's proper Indiana Jones-type yeah. hangars. One of them is the artwork room that's got all the original drawings for Urwali and the Bruins and the Dandy and the Beano. And like the photos. And the photos as well. And then the other room has got... Just astonishing 
shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of bound volumes of the Press and Journal, the Courier, the Sunday Post, mm-hmm. Commando, Jackie, all these things going back generations and generations before us. It's such a beautiful and uh, valuable resource for us to be able to, to swim in. It, it, mm. You're absolutely right, Chris, and I have spent a lot of time in there uh, looking through the old Sunday Posts and finding some amazing stuff. Now, now. A good newspaper, as you flick through a good newspaper, and uh, as my editor of the past would tell me, there'll be a day when you're, you've got a front page headline on the newspaper in which <coughs> the people who you expect to buy it are not interested in that. It could be about politics, it could be about economics, it could be about war, it could be about an accident, and they might not be attracted to that paper, but they will still buy the paper because throughout that newspaper there will be the little bits, the little snippets, the little corners that they want to read. It could just be the, that they like the crossword or they like uh, the Urwilly and the Bruins. No. <laughs> Urwilly and the Bruins is what they like and they buy the newspaper for that reason. Now one of the little corners of the Sunday Post was called Pass It On. People would write in to the Sunday Post. They would pass it on to each other. So they would give each other little household tips on how to clean stuff, how to iron stuff. Um, just Little household cleverness. Now, I, when I was going through the Sunday Post, I would continually find this pass it on column. And to be honest, it fascinated me. Some of the stuff about how to make your coal go further, I remember my parents doing when I was a child. And this sort of stuff, it was so wonderful, I thought, you know what, I can make a feature out of that because I'm a working journalist, obviously. And then I thought, you know, there's so much of it because it stretches from the Second World War right up to almost, I think it actually makes it into the new millennium. So there's 50 years of Pass It On tips in the Sunday Post. Each week, there's about a dozen, perhaps, of Pass It On tips. They do, over the decades, get a little bit repetitive, but there is some absolute gems in there. I'll give you an example. And when I do give examples of uh, Sunday Post tips, I'm going to play you this very interesting little jingle. (laughs) So every time I press this noise... I'm about to tell you a Sunday Post tip. So, we'll, re- we'll go through that again. Are you ready? Gird your loins. Born ready. <laughs> it stops that door rattling. If a bedroom door rattles on windy nights, it can be silenced by stretching a rubber band between the two knobs. This cushions the door. Miss Rose Parkhill, 74 Bushmills Road, Coleraine, County Derry, wins a pair of towels. Now, that tip in itself will throw up questions that we will talk about. Why would your door be so rattly that you would need something? That doesn't seem to happen in, in modern draft. houses. It would be a draft, but houses were built to be drafty. It was an intentional like thing. air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not something that I would have associated with Scotland no, in the 1950s, no, no, it has to be no. said. No, they were built to be drafty to keep the people alive. Um, if you're a coal fire burning in the grate, it would force all the oxygen, all the air up the chimney. Now, that air had to be replaced. That air came in as drafts. Uh, if you were sitting between the um, <laughs> between the door and the, the fireplace, you would get a cool breeze ar- around your feet. Now, that wasn't a very pleasant thing. Mm. But, however, the Sunday Post is full of pass-it-on tips like that. So uh, while And, and pass-it-on tips as well that I'm slightly dubious of on occasion, it has to be said. Even in that one, I, I suspect... You're suggesting that drafts are a good thing and that houses were deliberately constructed to be drafty. Which yes. I get, but... 
That just sounds to me like a contractor's done their job badly. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy builder. No, I'm sorry. Houses were built drafty. You will see, even in today's houses, that they have a, a ventilation grate, usually under the floor. That is to ventilate the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need fresh air in a house. And maybe it was bad craftsmanship. Maybe in some instances it was. However, it's not bad craftsmanship in the Sunday Post because the Sunday Post is an organ of truth. (gasps) Don't laugh at me, Connie. The Sunday Post is true. If you read it in the Sunday Post, it was correct. It was Bible. It was. And the women who wrote in to the pastor... And was it always women, Steve? It's not always women. No, sorry. 19, 5, 6, 7% of it are women. Um, Men did write in as well. There was actually a whole uh, chapter... A whole section of um, manly sort of tips, gardening. uh. (laughs) Appropriately masculine (laughs) tips. Indeed, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to be a little bit sexist here. But yeah, it's mostly women and it's about, a lot of it's about ironing. How to get the the stain out of of a... Sheet. Of course. How to get the stain out of a a dishcloth or a stain out of a (gasps) tablecloth. Ironically, of course, today we would, you know... I, I would want to read those tips. Indeed. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I, I, I help run nowadays. my household as well. Yeah, I, I like that. If I like iron brew, which I drink all the time, if you drop that on the carpet, that's yeah. it. Game over. Uh-huh. So no, somebody somewhere... Is there? Well, of course there's a In way to clean that. In yeah. the 1950s or like... Yeah, well, if uh, I, there are tips about how to get wine out of a, a tablecloth or how to get beetroot stains out of a tablecloth, mm. which is quite a quite a trick. We should say for our international listeners, Iron Brew is a carbonated <laughs> beverage uh, available in Scotland, made in Scotland for Garthers. There's no finer hangover cure than full <laughs> sugar. Yeah, full uh, sugar. Uh, iron not Brew in a bacon roll. Other fizzy drinks are available, of course. We're not the BBC. Yeah. The other fizzies <laughs> may be available, but there's but no doubt. Iron Brew is the winner. <laughs> right, anyway, so I started collecting these pass it on tips with the idea that we'd do a feature. And then I thought, you know, there's so much of them. We can do a supplement on these. But then it turns out that there are so many of these tips that I was able to create a series of books dedicated to the, uh, the pass-it-on tips. There's a pass-it-on household tips and there's also a pass-it-on cooking tips. I've also got one about uh, Christmas and one about medical queries, the way, the way we were, the way we healed ourselves. But for the purposes of this, we're going to start talking about household tips because they are very, very interesting. And not just, that was why we sort of decided you, the three of us, Steve, Connie and me, we decided that we'd have a crack at this podcast because it's not just the tips themselves are interesting mm-hmm. or yeah. even... Or wrong. Or wrong. Or dare I <laughs> no. say, useful. Some of them you know, some of them probably will be quite useful as, as we flick through the, the two or three that Steve's... Definitely useful. ...already yeah. given us a, a, a little flavour of. Yeah. Might be useful. But also, the, the, there's just so much packed into them. They encode so much. There's so yeah. much sort of domain knowledge about the 1950s mm-hmm. and about households, society, gender roles packed into these. And I'm really interested to see, especially with you, Connie... What you make of them. Yeah, definitely. Connie, as a young lady, I I promise you, you're going to get a lot out of this. Um, because in many ways, this is a social history as mm-hmm. well as a uh, as a little thing that just was tucked in the, the side of a, of a page and oh, well. hidden in the archives for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Right. To prove that, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a, a tip that you will find useful. You okay. ready? Yeah. Cap saver. When taking the cap off a bottle which you wish to reseal... Place a coin on top of the cap before applying the bottle opener. 
This prevents the cap being dented and enables you to reseal the bottle. That, believe it or not, is from Mrs. W.E. Allen, General Deliver, Innisfail, Alberta, Canada. Oh, international. I know. Well, the Sunday Post had a great circulation with expats throughout Canada, South Africa, Mm -hmm. Australia, that sort of thing. And they would all write in because... uh, because it, it, was it was the brilliant. done thing. It was a done thing. That's another thing. I must say that about the tips. If you had a tip printed in the Sunday Post that marked you out as a housewife of distinction, mm-hmm. ladies oh. would carry cuttings from the Sunday Post and take it out and say, here's when I was in the Sunday Post. A little halo above their Indeed, head. Indeed, <laughs> a golden light shone upon mm. them. Even if somebody in their street had had a, a tip printed, mm-hmm. they would haul that or, or boast about it because that, that showed that they came from a nice area, a nice, nice neighbourhood. Posh end. Indeed. Uh, yeah. The amount of tips that we, we got through as well and the amount of subjects that are covered, again, feed this being a, a social history, a, a, a recipe for life almost. And and while some of the times I know you guys are going to laugh about these tips. Definitely. But I <laughs> and we're definitely going to laugh specifically at, at you, you, Steve. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. For believing them. People of my age don't care if you young whippersnappers laugh. What do you know? How Do you know how to get the beetroot stains out of a cloth? No, Just you throw it in the wash. <laughs> show me the wash. It doesn't work. Chuck it in. It. Wash. Right. Here's another one. Right. Oh, you you ready? Wash it, would you not? Know? Uh-huh. Connie does tend to interrupt. I do. That tip. wasn't a pass it on tip. <laughs> <laughs> press your button again, Steve. I'm going to press my button again. Just to just to show you what we're talking about. Connie, are you interrupting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, she didn't fall for that one. <laughs> Adhesive tape. When the end has become stuck on itself, hold the roll of tape over the steam of a kettle for a few seconds. The end then unwinds freely. From Mrs. J. Little, Lintz Green, 50 Keller Street, Motherwell. Why would you not just double back it on itself so you've got a little pull me here tab? Well, you should write that into Sunday Post, Connie. Yeah. It's not a thing anymore. In mm. fairness. Well, the Sunday Post is. Resurrect it. Uh, on that tip. You should resurrect it. On that particular tip, I, I'm i kind of conflicted because on, on the one hand, that sounds clever and like smart. A curly end. Um, and it's exactly the same thing as you're steaming open envelopes to, to it's, it's, you know, softening yeah. the adhesive. That makes sense. But on the other hand, certainly these days, I've never. You, know, you sometimes lose the end of the sellotape, but you always find it. Exactly. And yeah, but it then you don't want to spend your you electricity boiling the kettle. Well, exactly. That's not thrifty. That's not. When you need your sellotape there and then, you can't be arsed boiling the kettle. True story. Right, okay. You're looking too much into this and you're going off to the side on tangents that I don't think should be encouraged. Oh, I, have I, you ever seen those little bracelet type things that you wear and then they just pull off one section of sellotape yes. at a time from the bit inside? That, no. that is genius. I'll bring you one. I've got a few I at home. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think well, Steve will refuse your gift, yeah, Connie, probably. I fear. Probably, no. but it's very it helpful. far, far too newfangled. It's good for uh, Christmas wrapping. Right. Here's another one that you will find absolutely superb. In fact, every time that you make chips from now on, mm. you will use this. Air refresher. Next time you make chips, cut an onion in half and place it on the plate rack above the cooker. You'll find it an effective air refresher. From Mrs. I. Anderson, 36 Waverley Park, Bonnie Rig. Okay, firstly, I didn't know they had chips in the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me all. Well, oh, come on, they didn't have chips in the 1950s. Meat and two veg. Meat and two veg doesn't necessarily mean chips, it means potatoes, in my head. Secondly, why would your want your house... I would rather my house smelt like chips and onions. No, I, I would put it to you that you do not remember when... 
chips were fried and fried. No, obviously not. And the smell mm. that that per- permeated through the house. What does it not? Is it not like a McDonald's chip smell? It's like a no, it's fatty, a fatty greasy, beefy, greasy, like unwashed cloying hair. smell. But it's that, a smell you can feel. That t- oh. <laughs> it's a smell you can taste in does the air. Does it give you furry yeah. teeth in the air? Oh, absolutely. But that's mm. a tip that's useless these days. I would uh, put yeah, it to me you. Too. Well, two reasons. One is hardly anybody makes chips. Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only they had Febreze in the 1950s, Steve, that would have solved all their problems. We yeah. wouldn't need to use vinegar and, and but that's sour just milk. That you and hit the nail on the head. They didn't have Febreze in the 1950s. So they came up with a a solution Why didn't themselves. Why did they cut up in a lemon or an apple or a strawberry because or something? Because an onion cut through the a lemon smell would d- with its acidity and made it all work that sounds very scientific. Steve's looking shifty. <laughs> no. He says no, that. But my point was what? more, um, a plate rack? I don't have a plate rack. No. Above the oven. Above the oven anymore. Yeah, so you have that anymore. Do you have like a, so above the oven, that makes me, as in, was the oven with the cooker and was it like integrated? Kind Not integrated, was, but like. All integrated, yeah. Uh, certainly in the 50s, um, a cooker came with an oven down below. Some of them, some of the really fancy ones might have a grill plate. Oh, yeah. Not many. And they often had a plate rack above for drying the plates. Mm. I have seen that. I've, I like those. Yeah. Um, you see sometimes cupboards that above the sink that have got no bottom on them, but I've got racks inside them, and you rack yeah. the plates up once yeah. you wash them, so dri- they just drip mm-hmm. down in the sink. Do you know what cover. I really like is the things that, well, I don't like them, and I probably wouldn't have one, but I think they're quite cool, mm-hmm. is, you know, like the pulley things that you've got for drying your washing on. and then, yeah. But then yeah. you also get a similar one for like cooking utensils, sort of hanging things. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're quite cool. They I wouldn't have one because cool. I'd probably bat my head off it every time. But Right, we're going to end this introductory episode and I'm going to tell you a lovely story. Now, I might not get through this without my voice breaking up into oh. a bit of emotion here, but... While creating the book and looking through all these Sunday posts, I found a tip from 1952, I think it was, which was from a Mrs. E. Anderson of South Tay Street, Dundee. Now, Mrs. E. Anderson, South Tay Street, Dundee, is my grandmother. Oh, my goodness. Now, towards the end of her life, my grandmother was a, a massive figure as I was growing up. She was a, a very, very strong woman. A, Matriarch. An, absolutely. She yeah. was a, an iron song. She was... I mean, brilliant in her way, very well read, very clever. In another lifetime, in another era, she would have been an MP or a lawyer or something. But she wasn't. She was a cleaner. And she cleaned um, offices morning and night. But she was an absolute formidable woman. I once saw her shortchanged in a fishmonger. Mm. And she took that man off at the knees. <sighs> but she, while she was a dragon, she, she loved us to the nth degree. And uh, it was... Uh, it was both a boon and a, a, a terror to have your my granny fighting your case. Mm-hmm. However, and towards the end of her life, she got um, dementia, although uh, her heart was very strong, her, her brain was not, and she became, frankly, a holy terror. She lived with us for a year when I was about 14, and it was absolutely murder. She was still strong, still wiry, she could do things like climb up the dresser. She got out a couple of times and was wandering the streets. And when the police brought her back, they came back with dishevelled hats on and uh, scratches on their faces. But she was uh, really, frankly, an amazing woman. And she would do things like bite as well. And it was it was it was terrible what she turned into. 
And I got to the point where, when I think of my, sorry, my voice is breaking up here a bit. When I think of my grandmother, I sometimes think of that, what she became. <clears throat> but finding the tip took me back to um, what she was when she was this very capable, very clever. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm absolutely nice. filling up here. And it took me back to... <laughs> it's terrible, sorry. I apologise. It took me back to what she was. And I hope that other people will think of uh, of their parents and their grandparents and think of them <laughs> when they were. <laughs> Somebody hit me. Somebody slapped me. No. Uh, and they think of their own grandparents of how they were in their pomp when they were all powerful, all wise, all knowing, and they solved problems all over the place because that's what that tip did for me. And for no other reason than that, I commend this book to you. And I suppose I commend this podcast to you as well mm -hmm. because uh, there's an emotional attachment there that I find <laughs> very valuable. I would submit that anyone can have that connection you happen to have a very personal connection but i think just in chatting to you steve before we started doing this podcast i think we can all see the strength of character yeah. and the inventiveness and the pride mm -hmm. and the thrift and the sheer in, uh, innovation and and enterprise Indeed. Yeah. in what yeah. these people is yeah, but then even if it's not directly your grandmother or your great-grandmother or your mum that's been doing these things you might remember your mother like or your that, grandmother yeah. or your great-grandmother doing that. Everybody reading these tips, nice I think they will picture somebody standing at a, a well-scrubbed kitchen table with yes. a, a mixing bowl in their, Getting in their the hand. Root, yeah. And behind them, there's a, a pot bubbling on the stove. That's your grandma, that's my grandma. Mm -hmm. And that is the strength of these things. And it's sometimes we will, we will find things to laugh about in this. Yes. And we will find tangents to go off on. But there is a beauty in here that uh, there is... Uh, I, I honestly commend it to you. I, I I love doing this and it affects me deeply. <laughs> well, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing what the good people of Scotland and beyond mm -hmm. had thought of and what they'd invented and how they'd solved these problems. Yes, absolutely. Because they have come across some wonderful questions and things that we might in some, well, we probably will come across now. But it's just Fascinating to see the difference. It is, and Connie will make you a better housewife. I'm sure it will. My boyfriend <laughs> will be very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth saying as well, just before we finish, that um, as a listener to this podcast, if you go to the DC Thompson shop, and that's at dcthompsonshop.co.uk, you can get 20% off Steve's books if you use the promo code podcast what's this we're giving, we're giving people money off we are we are we just what? thought as a little treat uh, if you're listening to this podcast trip percent off at dc thompson shop and you'll find all those details in the full terms in the episode notes for uh, this episode mm -hmm. but you'll obviously discover some of the tips if you subscribe to the podcast in itunes or in spotify or wherever it is you find your podcast and we'll go through some of them and see how they reflect yeah. modern society the challenges that you connie are facing mm. as a as a young person owning your first house and, and building that, uh, building a household around uh, you and your boyfriend and any family you have in the future. Yeah. And you can tweet us as well. Let's you, tweet. Let's let's get up with the times and do what? some twitting. What? Twittering. Twi what? Tweeting. Twi you can. You, you can call me a twit. Yes. Follow us on at the Pass It On pod on Twitter. You can call Steve anything you damn well please. Yes, same please for me, same for Connie. We want to hear what you think eh? about what you hear. Oh, we like photos of you trying out tips as well. But 
that would be it fun. is worth saying, Steve, there is a disclaimer at the very start of the book, isn't there? There is. That's very true. There is a disclaimer. Some of these things you would be well advised to not try at home. Don't toast your bread on asbestos, please. We'll come to a <laughs> tip about asbestos toasting. Yes, it's a... Uh, but yes, ah, be careful when you try this at home. It was a different world. There were different standards. And there the were people, no standards in some cases. Was, yeah. <laughs> no, but they what the people what then want. had was common sense, which uh, some people today don't have. I've got a little bit. But I'm quite streetwise. Connie's you know, got like a little Connie is well hidden with Connie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Street smart. From yeah. the main streets of... Where is it you're from? <laughs> the main streets of Lethem. <laughs> Okay, I think we will leave our first episode here. Make sure you subscribe so you can join Steve, Chris and me next episode and we will get right into the nitty gritty of the Pass It On book and we will have more genius or possibly madness from the households in Scotland in the 1950s and for more nonsense from us here in Scotland today. See you then.